0: Hello and welcome to Wineskins, a program featuring reflections on the lives of the saints and the sacred scriptures, along with a variety of topics and issues from a Catholic perspective. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Our show is sponsored by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts, a division of the Society of St. Paul. On our show today, I will interview Dr. Lou Zona from the Butler Museum of American Art. We will also hear more about the life of St. Gianna Mola and the readings for this third Sunday of Easter, that and more on Wineskins. In our current issue today, we will hear more from Latasha Johnson on Vantage Aging. Joining me today is Latasha Johnson, who is the Regional Workforce Director for the Senior Community Service Employment Program in Trumbull County. Welcome to our show, Latasha. Thank you. It's so great to have you with us, and, and I think for the folks that are with us, it would be wonderful to learn more about the program and about what you do. So tell us a little bit about the program itself.
1: Okay, well, the Senior Community Service Employment Program assists older adults as they age. Our mission is to promote a positive perspective on aging, and we do that through this paid training program. Mm-hmm. We also partner with area nonprofits and government agencies where our job seekers can gain the skills that they need to get back into the workforce. Mm -hmm. This program also supplements their income while they do that until they can find something better as well as they help to serve communities through community service. So it's a win-win for everyone that's involved.
0: Is there a certain age group that's part of this program?
1: There is. There's 55 plus. We're always asked, is there a cap? And there's not. We have people that are well into their 80s, enjoying our program, Mm -hmm. um, thriving and giving back to their communities as well.
0: You know, it's interesting for someone who has worked all their lives and then comes to whether it's retirement or some illness or whatever that kind of disrupts that, they still look for some involvement exactly. or some worth, I guess. You know, so how has the program really enhanced the lives of older people?
1: It has enhanced their lives by giving them something to do as well as making them feel like they're still contributing to society. They can still go on. They still have lots to offer, their experience, their work ethic. Sometimes they even serve as mentors to younger workers who are coming up in the workforce.
0: That's interesting because I think serving as an example is really gives you some self-worth and some appreciation for what you're doing that they accept and they understand and they're going to do the same thing. So what would be some of the things with the folks that are listening that they should be aware of with the program if they have an individual in their family that might be interested or they themselves might be interested? How do they start the process of getting involved?
1: They can start the process as easy as just giving us a phone call. We usually take it from there. There are certain income guidelines, but I tell my folks, don't worry about that. That's where I come into play with eligibility. I make Mm -hmm. sure that we get the information that we need to see that they're eligible for our program. The main things are that they're age 55 plus, that they are unemployed Mm -hmm. at the time and that they're willing to seek something new, which they are because they've contacted us. So it's a simple phone call and we'll take it from there.
0: Is it limited to people in Trumbull County?
1: No, we actually service over 38 counties in Ohio, but my region just so happens to be the Youngstown, Warren and Ashtabula counties.
0: Do you notice in your work, some counties having more people who want to get involved in the program, or is it kind of spread across the different counties evenly?
1: Mahoning County, as well as Trumbull Counties, are two larger counties versus Ashtabula.
0: What would be some of the livelihoods or some of the work places that these people would engage in?
1: I'm glad you asked that. We have openings in various career pathways. It could be office administration, customer service, facility management, as well as healthcare services.
0: So you would help kind of place these individuals in these programs?
1: Yes, correct.
0: Now do employers contact your agency? How do they get involved?
1: Employers get involved. We just had one recently contact us and because they specifically want to work with older workers. Mm -hmm. So again, it's just a contact and they, I usually ask for a job description and I try to do a match between who we have in the program that'll match that job description and we can do some pre-screening with employers Mm -hmm. that way.
0: If someone would like more information, if you can give them the phone number, is there a website, is there any other way that they can get in touch with you and your organization for more information.
1: Our phone number is area code 330-782-0978, and they can always visit our website. It's vantageaging.org.
0: Well, Latasha Johnson, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show again. We're going to talk to you again in the next few months, and so we look forward to kind of an update of what's been going on, and we thank you for Reaching out to those 55 and over folks, myself included in that age group, and we thank you for the dignity of their work and Absolutely. for helping them, especially in their later years, to feel worth and feel accepted. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. The Feast of Gianna Mola is celebrated on April 28th. To tell us more about this Italian pediatrician is Sister Eva Coulter. She is an Oblate sister of the Sacred Heart of Jesus.
2: Gianna Beretta was born in Italy and was the tenth of thirteen children in her family, only nine of whom survived to adulthood. In 1942, she began her studies in medicine in Milan. She received a medical diploma in 1949 where she specialized in pediatrics. In 1955, she married Pietro Mola, and they had three children. In 1961, she was expecting their fourth child. During her second month of pregnancy, she developed a fibroid tumor, and the doctors gave her three choices. One, an abortion. Two, a complete hysterectomy that would end the life of the unborn child. Or three, the removal of the fibroid, which would lead to potential complications. Wanting to preserve the child's life, she opted to remove the fibroid. After the operation, she had complications throughout her pregnancy, but made it clear in these words, this time it will be a difficult delivery and they may have to save one or the other. I want them to save my baby. On April 21, 1962, which, happened to be Good Friday that year, she gave birth to her fourth child, but she herself died from complications seven days after her delivery. Gianna was canonized in 2004, where present was her husband, age 91, and her last child, Gianna. It is said the story of holiness did not end with St. Gianna's death, for her husband Pietro was a pillar of rock, a man of extraordinary faith, simplicity, and holiness. He lived a remarkable and saintly life, and like his beloved wife, Gianna, made holiness something attainable for all of us. She has been named patron saint of mothers, physicians, and preborn children. For wineskins, this is Sister Eva Marie of the Oblate Sisters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus.
0: Joining me now is Dr. Lou Zona, who is the Executive Director and Curator of the Butler Institute of American Art. Dr. Zona, it's always a pleasure to have you on our show, Wineskins. Welcome.
3: It's great to be with you, Father.
0: You know, you just recently dedicated the new wing at the Butler. Tell us briefly about that.
3: A wonderful family named Bacon, Vince and Phyllis Bacon, gave us money. They heard me over the years complaining about storage, our lack of storage space, and Needing uh, exhibition spaces with higher ceilings, and one day they came in to see me and gave me a check, and that was the beginning of this uh, addition to the Beecher Center. Now, our Beecher Center was uh, was established around I think in 1999. It was a, a center for art based in technologies. Over the years, uh, we've we've done some wonderful things, and, and perhaps the. Most exciting thing that has happened is that a foundation in California, the David Bermant Foundation, donated their collection of art based in technology, including such as celebrities as Marcel Duchamp, who was the first artist to employ technology. So we went from there and, and have added on to it, and it's been a joy. This has been a rather positive event in our lives.
0: You've been with the Butler since 1981 a long legacy, really, are the canonized member of the Institute, and you have seen so much happen over these many years. What has been some of the greatest joys for you in working at the Butler?
3: I think seeing my mother's face when I was made director of the museum, that's one of the things that stands out for sure. Naturally, Father, like I said, we we love to dwell, as humans, we love to dwell on those things that didn't quite work out very well. But, you know, by and large, uh, what we've attempted has worked out.
0: The other thing I'd like us to talk about is you had a First Friday Club recently, and what I liked about it is that you talked About different artists. You started with Leonardo and and Michelangelo, but then you ended up with someone like Salvador Dali or or Jackson Pollock. Those are like years, centuries apart, and yet they're part of this artistic world that somehow shows the creative hand of God at work. How important is that element of faith? within the art world for you?
3: Well, it pops out on a regular basis in my life, my St. Vitus School background. uh, So often I even quote the nuns that taught us, uh, if I'm trying to make a point, Mm -hmm. I will say, well, Sister Irma said this about it. Those are the instances when it really shows. Mm -hmm. But like all of us, we keep our faith, for the most part, buried in our hearts. I was thinking about my father the other day and him taking me to a circus mm-hmm. that had come to town. I was probably eight or 10 years old, and I remember walking with him through the circus grounds and praying. Mm-hmm. If I think of that, I wish that little boy was back again. Sure. I mean, I, I that, mm-hmm. have that kind of faith that you're just having a conversation with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Special. You
0: know, it's interesting as you were talking, what comes to mind is in the Old Testament, there's the story of Enoch. And there's a line in the Old Testament that says Enoch walked with God, and then he wasn't. So it was almost like he was part of the earth, and then he wasn't anymore. He passed on. And so theologians have wrestled with, what does that all mean? And I remember reading how a little girl at the age of nine said, well, that's so simple. God and Enoch were good friends. And they were the type of friends that used to take long walks together. And when they walked so far, Enoch turned back and he saw that he was closer to God's house than he was to his own house. And so God said, Enoch, why don't you just come on home with me? So there's that sense that in our lives, we actually walk with God. And so our lives are
3: a prayer and so I think that's a beautiful image that you have with your dad. It's strikingly real. But again when I think about it, I wish that I had that level of faith back again. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Although I'm trying. Maybe, Maybe it's called being human.
0: In your many years with the butler, what are some of the things down the road that you would like to see happen at least in the artistic community?
3: I think of the, the great butler collection, which is a a tribute to the American culture, really. But there are some holes in that great collection that I'd like to fill. But I think also uh, the idea of more and more programming that introduces the visual arts to our community. We had an event the other day. We estimate about 2,000 people attended. It was a children's event. Parents brought their kids to the Butler Institute. And I was standing near the door as the families came in and seeing their faces, looking at the ceiling and looking at the art, and I could just tell that most of them had no idea what this was or anything about the visual arts. I wish there were a way of really breaking through that. Obviously, through the family is is one way to do it, and we proved that the other day. You know, I, I got to go to Germany a few years back, and I remember it was a Sunday afternoon, and people lined up in front of this building and I noticed after a little while that they were lined up in front of the art museum Mm -hmm. holding their children and I went into it was a show of Max Ernst's work uh, the the great uh, German surrealist Mm -hmm. to see the parents holding their children and pointing to the pictures and trying to describe what was going on in the pictures And, and honey what do you see it was thrilling to be there, and, and I wish—we're a young culture, and I shouldn't expect that much from us. Boy, I wish the butler could do a little bit more. Now, we have a, a wonderful education director named Joyce Mistovich, and Joyce has done just a wonderful job. That event of 2,000 people because of Joyce. Sure.
0: Well, Dr. Zona, we want to thank you for your time with us here on Wineskins. Uh, You'll be back with us in a couple months. We'll talk more about the Butler and also your First Friday Club presentation. Uh, But we want to thank you for your legacy there, for the wonderful work that you do, not only for the Butler, but for this community and for pointing us in the right direction so that when we see the wonders that are around us when we enter the Butler, that we could share just stories and wonderful opportunities that really are part of who we are.
3: Thanks so much. It was just, this is a great honor and pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you, Doctor. For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. For more information and to listen to Wineskins, visit the website www.catholicecho.org. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: Hello, I'm
0: Bishop Dave Bonner of the Diocese of Youngstown. At Easter, we recall the presence of the risen Lord among us. Over 2,000 years ago, He told His disciples, Remember, I am with you always, even to the end of time. As we celebrate His resurrection, may His gifts of love and joy fill your hearts and homes this Easter season. May our thanks and celebration of His dying and rising give us abundant life now and always.
1: 33 million Americans have descended into poverty. And as their futures fall, so does our nations.
0: Our song today is by Dan Shudi. It is from his CD entitled Glory in the Cross.
1: To the springs of grace,
0: though you have no wealth, no
4: stores of gold, you can drink to your heart's desire.
0: Our scripture reflections for this third Sunday of Easter will be by Sister Mary McCormick. She is the Major Superior of the Ursuline Sisters of Youngstown.
5: Today's Gospel is Luke's account of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. I love this story. It's the morning of Easter, and two disciples of Jesus are walking to the town of Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking excitedly about the news they had heard from their friends, reports that Jesus was alive. They bump into somebody on the road, and all three begin to walk together. But this third man seems to know nothing of the Jesus story. They even say to him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place in these days? When the man asks, What things? The two disciples tell the story of Jesus and share we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. At that point, Jesus begins to interpret the scripture for them. He starts with Moses and proceeds through the prophets recounting all of the passages that referred to him and his life. When they got to Amos, it seemed that Jesus was going to continue on. Two disciples urged him to join them for some rest for something to eat and something to drink after the seven-mile walk. And he does. At the meal, the man takes the bread, says the blessing, breaks it, and gives it to them. Luke writes, At that, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. They describe how their hearts were burning when Jesus interpreted the scriptures for them. The passage concludes, Jesus was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. One of the things I love most about this passage is how Jesus walks with his disciples and gradually allows the full meaning of the story to unfold. The disciples are dismayed at the stranger because he seems unaware of what has been happening. In truth, it is these two disciples who are unaware. But Jesus does not embarrass them because of their lack of understanding. He does not criticize their dearth of insight. Rather, Jesus walks with them. He accompanies them. Accompaniment is one of the most common themes of our Holy Father, Pope Francis. In March, Pope Francis marked the 10th anniversary of his pontificate. From the beginning, he has made accompaniment a keynote of his teaching and preaching, though I do not claim expertise in the sources of the writings of Francis, I am guessing that this passage from Luke is one of his primary spiritual inspirations. In Evangelii Gaudium, written in the first year of his pontificate, Pope Francis writes of accompaniment: the Church will have to initiate everyone, priests religious and laity, into this art of accompaniment, which teaches us to remove our sandals before the sacred ground of the other. The pace of this accompaniment must be steady and reassuring, reflecting our closeness and our compassionate gaze, which also heals, liberates, and encourages growth in the Christian life. Accompaniment, according to Francis, includes respect, compassionate listening, and patience, all of which draw others closer to God. Christians accompany others in the path of missionary discipleship and evangelization. This evangelization aims at a process of growth which entails taking seriously each person and God's plan for his or her life. All of us need to grow in Christ. Evangelization should stimulate a desire for this growth so that each of us can say wholeheartedly, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That is the pattern of Jesus on the road to Emmaus. With respectful and compassionate listening, Jesus gradually unfolds the plan for the two disciples and for the newly developing church. The disciples immediately returned to Jerusalem and recounted how their eyes were opened, and no doubt they began missionary discipleship. We who live in the 21st century are called to the same missionary discipleship in our day and our time. We are called to accompany people to growth in the Christian life, to those in our families, our neighborhoods, among our work colleagues, Even those with whom we disagree, we do so with respect, compassionate living, and patience. In our accompaniment of others, may we too come to know Jesus. May our hearts burn within us as we listen to the scripture. May we come to know him more deeply in the breaking of the bread. For wineskins, I am Sister Mary,
0: Sometimes when we are scanning the heavens or searching the heights, God seems absent. But God is here with us in the depths of brokenness and pain and suffering. God is here with us in a word, in the sacrament, to wash, to break bread with us. Listen, eat and drink, God is here. Wineskins is made possible by the annual and Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts. The program is produced by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda wishing you a blessed Sunday and a safe week.
3: What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a
0: hug this morning. I, thought, uh, I love her. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good.
5: <laughs> I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast.
0: I bought her an orchid.
5: What have I done for my marriage today? I sent my husband a love email. I read the newspaper to my wife and it cracked her up
3: but she's still
5: laughing. (laughs) What have you done for your marriage today? Make a change for the better. Need help? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church.
0: They say America is the land of opportunity, but for some, life isn't so easy. Right now in America, one in six children lives below the poverty line. That's nearly 13 million children of all races all across our country. Where do you draw the line and get involved? You can make a difference in more ways than you think. Go to povertyusa.org today. Because one in six children in
4: poverty is one too many. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development.